Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Portson here in Pittsburgh, sitting just feet away from Tom Reed. Say good morning, Tom. Uh, you're, you too, you're too close. And Allison Lucan, who's making her way across this country for uh, a uh, analytics conference. Analyti- yeah, conference is the way to say it. An analytics conference. We'll get into this uh, a little bit later. Uh, Blue Jackets are, ooh, they are taking on water here. Two and four now since the trade deadline. Lost last night in Pittsburgh, 3-0. The eighth consecutive time they have lost to their supposed rival Penguins. And that comes on the heels of just a brutal performance in New Jersey on Tuesday that they somehow won 2-1 in a shootout. Uh, This is not at all what the Blue Jackets had planned when they went, quote, all in at the NHL trade deadline. And it is it is a uh, sobering fact that all of the pieces that they've gained, uh, that they added at the trade deadline, have yet to mesh or yet to really play well. Keith Kincaid, the goaltender, has yet to really play. Uh, but Duchesne has struggled. Dezingle has struggled. Adam McQuaid has been in and out of the lineup, and he has struggled. Um, it is a tough go right now for the Blue Jackets. Uh, Tom, you were here with me last night. You saw them play the Penguins. Did it look like same old Blue Jackets versus same old Penguins? Or, or how do you look at the big picture right now for the Blue Jackets as this really starts to come into the stretch now? Yes, it did look like the, it did look like the same Blue Jackets against the same Penguins. The thing is, what's interesting about the Penguins, uh, you know, they've been dealing with injuries on the back end. I mean, right. it's serious. I mean, Crystal Tang's still not out. Uh, Brian Dumoulin just getting back in the lineup, and yet they've kind of adjusted the way they've played. They bought like 24, 25 shots last night. Blue Jackets, you know, they got into areas of promise, and then just they couldn't either couldn't either get the puck to the net, or when they had chances, the play broke down uh, right as they, they looked like they could get something going. It just it just never to me, Aaron felt even before it was two nothing it just never felt like they were going to win that game last night yeah allison we've talked all of us about this the just the composure of this club i thought they looked terribly nervous in new jersey for reasons i can't explain i thought they looked so much better against winnipeg the game before can't explain that and they looked i thought much more competent as a hockey club they looked like an nhl team last night against the penguins but it's coming and it's going uh, and maybe this, maybe this offensive uh, lack of creativity or lack of chance, lack of, of being dangerous offensively, is just an extension of that. What are you seeing when you look at this team and what they're trying to do offensively and where it's going wrong? 
Yeah, I think you definitely hit it right on the head there, Porty. I, it was funny, about halfway through this game, I, I really felt like I was having flashbacks to the 16-17 playoffs because the Jackets were shooting, they were getting looks, but they were all from far away, right? So they had all kinds of volume, but no quality. They couldn't get low in the zone. They couldn't jump on rebounds most of the time. And the Penguins have the skill to go down and score. So it felt <laughs> it felt a lot like a couple years ago when the Penguins just came back and fought. And, you know, it, we the Jackets looked good, I thought, in the first period, um, albeit for an unfortunate penalty. But then the Penguins just really started to exert their will, and, and it was a tough go offensively from there on out. Yeah, and to Tom's point, this is not a team that is fully robust on defense right now, the Penguins. So that makes it even more troubling. Uh, these two teams meet again Saturday in Nationwide Arena. The Blue Jackets try to snap that eight-game losing streak against the Penguins. A curious thing before the game even started last night, Jonas Corposalo is the Blue Jackets' starting goaltender against the Penguins. Huge game within the division, uh, obviously with playoff implications. Nationally televised game. How surprised were you, I'll go to you, Tom, first, to see Sergei Bobrovsky take a seat last night? Did that one sort of blindside you? So who is this Sergei Bobrovsky? Sergio? I'm sorry, Sergio Bobrovsky, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, certainly you would, you would have expected Bobrovsky to play, even despite his record. I, I would have thought it would have been like the other way around. He would have played in Pittsburgh, and if he didn't play well, maybe they try uh, a different goalie. I'll say this. Um, I think that uh, Corpusalo validated uh, validated the decision made by John Tortorella because I think he played well. I mean, he... First goal, obviously, you could give up a goal in the first couple minutes there on the power play. That wasn't ideal. I thought he settled down. I thought he made some big saves. It could have been worse to me. So uh, it'll be a, a, you have to expect that Bobrovsky maybe gets this start on Saturday. Uh, but I thought he looked fine. Yeah, that's what I was wondering, Allison. I, I don't think anybody would say Corpus Hall didn't play well. I don't think anybody would say Bobrovsky didn't play well against New Jersey. And I think he had some. He was okay and had some rough luck in the games before that. Who do you come with Saturday if you're John Tortorella and and, and Blue Jackets? And how do you justify that pick given the way the goalies are going right now? Oh, sure. Give Tom the easy question. <laughs> um, ugh, gosh, I mean, I think you have to go Bob, right? Just because of the of managing the position for hopefully the longer haul I wasn't surprised by Corpy last night to be honest I was more surprised that Bob didn't dress I think that was what was more surprising to me because remember Corpy started the first game in Pittsburgh this season as well um, yeah. so this wasn't his his first go at this and I think if you're trying to crack open a, a frustrated team and shake things up mentally I think going with Corpy was fine but I I bet we see Bob tomorrow in that yeah, and I wonder for a goaltender if, if being completely off, not even on the bench, feels yeah, like yeah. more of an off day than, than just being the backup. But, um, yeah, so Tortorella has now started. I think he was more secure with his lines last night. And, Allison, you might be able to defend or, or uh, refute this. I think he was more consistent with his lines last night. His lines were more consistent with him, uh, of course. But he's got, and I think this is interesting, he's sort of gone back to two lines that he had working earlier in the season with Dubois between Panarin and Atkinson, with Jenner between Foligno and, and Anderson. 
And he sort of put the new guys, uh, Duchesne, Dezingle, and Bjorkstrand, uh, on their own line. I thought Bjorkstrand was the best of the three last night. Um, I thought Duchesne had a couple of moments. Dezingle looks like he's still getting settled in. But you put those guys on the same line, and I think from his perspective, he's got what he thinks two lines that he knows can go. And then that other line becomes a real difference maker if it ever figures out a way to click. But it's easier to control two guys that aren't going on the same line as opposed to spreading them out among others. Allison, can, when you look at how they played last night, were they, they kept those lines mostly together, did they not? They absolutely did. In fact, I think I mentioned this in our postgame notes after Jersey. I think there were eight different line combinations with at least three minutes or more together. And last night, there were, there were only the four. Um, and the only other prominent combination we saw was when Duchesne went up between Panarin and Atkinson. But Torts kept with him. Um, and, and, you know, I, this is something I, I had been mentioning to Tom. I, I'm wondering about that Duchesne-Zingle combination because obviously they have the chemistry, but they both are a little bit weak defensively. And so I wonder if that isn't compounding issues on top of the offensive struggles for that threesome right now. Yeah, and let's talk a little bit about Dezingle because he, he's the guy that I think is struggling maybe a little bit more among the two of them. Um, and I think this is going to, this could be a difficult thing for him because he was such a prominent player in Ottawa, which obviously not a great team. Um, and he's come into a different situation here. His, no, his ice time is down significantly since he's come to Columbus. His role has changed. I think they see him as a third-line, uh, quote, plus guy, where in Ottawa he was a significant part. He rode the wheel with, with Duchesne a bit. Um, Tom, you spoke to Duchesne extensively after the game last night, but do you have any thoughts on where they're at with Dezingle and, and just what an adjustment that might be beyond the, the, the other huge adjustment for both of them that they've gone from games being nothing to games being everything? Uh, in the span of like you know two sleeps, and and now I think they're having a little bit of trouble getting on top of the treadmill. Thoughts on those two? Uh, well, Dezingle, yeah, it's just like last night you just didn't really notice him, and uh, it is an adjustment. Um, I, you know, the thing that I, you know, I haven't, and maybe he just hasn't been given the opportunity. But I, you was thinking, you know, I, I was going to see more speed i was going to see him like getting more Zingle. yeah Dezingle getting more like oh my goodness there he goes on an op- open ice opportunity uh it hasn't happened and uh, and duchene is duchene is struggling to put up points he's, he's got one point since the trade deadline in six games and that's always that's not always the the, the big thing here you know is if you're driving offense but i don't i mean that either he's just uh there's times he makes some nice passes and stuff, but it doesn't lead to goals. Last night, he only had one shot on goal, and I came with a minute, 47 seconds left. He only had one other attempt, and that was – This is Duchesne. Yeah. That was a deflection with like seven or eight minutes left. That's not enough. It's, you know, again, just for him, but uh, – and I guess it's more of a reflection on the organization. They brought this guy in here, and uh, fair or not, there's going to be a lot of uh, – scrutiny with his game because much is expected especially when you give up that sort of uh uh bounty uh, to bring him in here right uh man this is this is really uh this is exactly what the blue jackets did not want to happen 
after the trade deadline, right? Like they expected those moves and the additions to be a, a total ramp up. Uh, 15 games to go now. I don't know how your guys' Twitter feed was last night. I saw a lot of people breaking their ankles, jumping off the bandwagon uh, last night. With, I'm done. That's, this is it. They stopped. They're done. It's over. Screw this team. Um, I think that can change with the win or two. You look at the standings, and they've got Carolina ahead of them in the first wildcard spot. You've got Montreal ahead of them in the second wildcard spot. Both of them two points ahead. They played one fewer game than Montreal. They played one more game than Carolina. Um, obviously, you don't want to finish eighth. I think finishing eighth is better than finishing ninth, of course. Um, but you don't want to face Tampa Bay in the first round, I would think. Um, who is Allison? Who do you favor here that the Blue Jackets can catch Montreal or Carolina or both? Because I. I Pittsburgh now is at 81 points, so I think there's six back of them or four back of them. Four back of them. Um, if they lose Saturday, I think maybe you can cross Pittsburgh off the list of in terms of Columbus being able to catch them. I think you can cross the Islanders in Washington off the list. They're at 85 points. I think they're points ahead of Columbus right now. Um, tell me where, where you, what you see when you look at Carolina and you look at at uh, Montreal in terms of the Blue Jackets being able to catch them. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's some wrinkles. I mean, look, if they go on a run, particularly because they play those teams each at least one more time, I mean, they could they they can jump both of them, I think. Carolina, the, the benefit in the Jackets' favor there is that Carolina has a really tough schedule coming up. Yeah. They faced Washington twice. I'm scanning here to make sure I don't screw it up. They've got Winnipeg, Nashville. Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay. So, you know, that's this is not a cupcake walk for Carolina. Um, Montreal, I think they can jump too. Montreal lost last night. Um, interestingly, uh, Yemi, who's had a really good season for them, they've, they've been sitting because he's played almost too much and they're trying to let him get his energy back. Um, it, this, this is a situation the Jackets control. And the margin has reduced significantly. They've lost their their row advantage. They've lost, as you just outlined, their games in hand advantage for the most part. Yeah. But they could catch both if they play well. Yeah. And they play a game against against those teams each. Yet, Correct. Right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, Carolina is in Columbus a week from today. Yes. And Montreal is in Columbus Thursday, March 28th. So those games... Boy, this stuff changes in a hurry, but those games uh, loom large. Tom, Carolina, Montreal, which of those teams can Columbus catch or maybe both of them? Maybe both of them, but the, I I don't even know if we want to have this conversation right now. they got to start winning. The Blue Jackets, they've got three games with Boston who are just absolutely marauding right now. Yes. Uh, two coming up really quickly. I think the Bruins have won six, five or six in a row. Yeah. And it's, you know, points in their last 16, I think, is what it is, too. It's just, they're, you know, it's just, they're due to cool off. The, <laughs> I mean, the Blue Jackets, right now, I I mean, I completely appreciate, you know, which team they can catch, but they've got to start winning games or it doesn't really matter. I mean, they got to get on a run. Everyone else is kind of getting on a little bit of a run here. Maybe, maybe Montreal, not so. Carolina's been on a run. That's right. Uh, Jerks. Pittsburgh is starting to win games. Washington's starting to win games. I, I don't know. I, I mean, they, they, 
to me, it's got it's it's not going to matter if they don't start stringing together wins, and that's that's where we are. I mean, they're they've got I think they've got to find a way to win a game on Saturday. They've got to beat Pittsburgh. I, I just I don't see how you lose these two games here and really put yourself in in some struggles because once they start dropping four or five points back, if they do that, yeah, this is a league of three point games except for the Blue Jackets who, who never seem to play those. Right. Uh, well, they win games in overtime. It's good. Well, they win them, but they 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 just don't get very many losers points. It's going to be difficult. It's 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 if they fall four four or five points back down the stretch here, it's going to be difficult to catch up given the schedule they still have. Yeah. Uh, Blue Jackets have dropped eight in a row to Pittsburgh. Spent some time last night uh, looking through their head-to-heads. They once lost 13 in a row to Chicago. That was from 2000, late in the 2010-11 season to late in the 13-14 season. They lost 12 in a row to Nashville at one point. That seemed like it was in the 20s, though, if you remember living through that. <laughs> they lost 10 in a row to Colorado once, 10 in a row to Dallas, 9 in a row once to Vancouver. And if they lose Saturday to Pittsburgh, it will be nine in a row against Pittsburgh. Now, Allison, we agree, I think everyone would, that Pittsburgh is a superbly talented team. Two generational talents and some great players beyond those two. Gunsel and Kessel and Matang and all of these guys. Um, Obviously a hell of a hockey team. Anybody that loses nine in a row to a team in the NHL, there's something beyond just the talent level, though. Is there not? Is there a mental hiccup here between the Blue Jackets' ears that, that prevents them from doing much against the Pittsburgh Penguins? I, I, I mean, no one's going to say this from the team side, but there has to be, right? I mean, there's. I, I mentioned this on an earlier podcast, is that the, the way that the Jackets finally broke that streak against Nashville was it was James Wisniewski with an overtime winner who said, oh, we're supposed, his, his quote, I believe, was literally, we're supposed to lose to them. It was yeah. people who didn't know the specter of the losing streak anymore. And it's Pittsburgh is in their heads. There, there's no two ways about it. Yeah. And so maybe it's Duchesne and Dezingle and those guys that have to do. They've already lost two games to them. <laughs> Welcome to Columbus. Um, anything else we need to get to, Allison? Tell us where you are off to. You are off to the great city of Seattle. What's going on out there and why are you going? Yeah, I'm uh, thrilled to be going out to um, the C- Seattle Hockey Analytics Conference. Um, it's going to be running all day Saturday and Sunday. Um, tons of great speakers. I think they're going to try and have a live stream uh, for people who are interested in taking in some of the content at some of my favorite minds in the analytic community speaking. So there's going to be lots of really good stuff. And uh, I am giving a talk on data-driven storytelling. So when that session is on, y'all can go take a break, get some lunch, go to the restroom, and come back for the rest of the good content. <laughs> now, will you, uh, will, you, will you be tweeting out links to that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure. Can... I'll, I'll tweet out the link to the feed after I'm done, Tom, just for you. Thank you. <laughs> And we should uh, we should also mention Alice's Alice's excellent story on sticks and which hand uh, you end up. I thought that was fascinating. I never. I, I'm I was I'm like with you, Alice, and I'm right-handed, and I my my uh, dominant hand is on the lower end of it. Yes. So that's uh, it's, it. Was really really interesting to see how the different different ways to go about it. And I like the idea of just having a flat stick and letting the kid pick it up. And decide which side, which hand he wants to be. It was really, really interesting story. <laughs> Thanks, and shout out to to those poor jackets players. I think they all saw me coming by the end of, 
of that one where when I just walk up and ask them how they held their stick, I think some of them were had had it with me at that point with my my questions. <laughs> They're probably just happy to ask answer something. <laughs> yeah, other than other what's than, going on geez, here. What, what the hell is going on here? Bring <laughs> on stick questions. Yeah, we all need questions like that now and then. So, all right, well, good stuff. Uh, anything else to kick in here, Allison? Anything we need to get to? I'll uh, just give a shout out that the uh, women Buckeyes are going to the are one of the final four teams in the WCHA um, playoffs this weekend. They're actually in Minnesota. Um, must win situation for them if they want to return to the NCAA tournament this year. And uh, men are off, but they will be hosting a Big Ten tournament play next weekend. Excellent, Tom. Anything to add? I just hope Buford's is open so we can get some lunch before we go. Oh, my gosh. I was thinking breakfast before then. Oh, it's it's Uh, already 10 a.m. Thanks for listening. (laughs) For reading the uh, content. Thanks for watching those post-game videos, if you do. Uh, And we'll talk to you. This is Friday. We'll talk to you Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, I'll be, what the hell, I'll be making my way back from Long Island. Yes. Uh, Blue Jackets play the Islanders on Monday. Uh, but first, the Penguins on Saturday in Nationwide Arena. Uh, enjoy yourselves. We will talk to you soon, and have a great day.